welcome back to the latest episode of the Master of None podcast. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Murphy, and joined by the regular rugby crew. They are back after a week hiatus. We have Sam and Westy, uh, and we have some Irish rugby to recap. Midweek Irish rugby. It's special to wake up this morning with some Irish rugby. It was always fun. Uh, New Zealand tour is underway. Uh, game today, we will recap it. But first, and as always, we will check in with the lads. Westy, how are you? Did you enjoy your week off? Did you miss me? I did, yeah. I missed you loads. Um, I celebrated my week off by going to Spain, to Madrid. Um, so I, my friend Mark, my friend Mark and Sylvia got married over there on Friday evening. So we had a big session. Um, and then me and my partner just toured around the city. We did a bike tour. We did we tapas. We had sangria. And then we were at a concert in Dublin on, on Monday night. So we had a, a great week off, you know? I have a theory about tapas. I think it's a scam. No. Tapas is so good. If you can figure out how to do it, it works out pretty well because every time you order a pint, you get food. My problem is I want the food. So I end up ordering like eight tapas and they're like, oh, you know, you only get one free. I'm like, I don't care. I want dinner, mate. So Yeah, I just I just don't like paying eight euro for four calamari rings. Do you know what I mean? That kind of pisses me off. <laughs> oh, I don't know what the name of it is, uh, but there was one down just beside the beer house there that we used to go to regularly when we were living in Dominic Street. And that was really reasonable. Like we'd eat with five of us, all be full, load of sangria and it was never too expensive. Like, I love yeah. tapas. I've only been once, but I think it was like scared. Maybe I just you went. Just got scammed by one guy. Just, yeah, it was just a guy beside the road offering tapas. Uh, <laughs> he was just tapping your ass. It wasn't yeah. even food. He was just looking for sexual favors. I was like, "Where's my calamari at, man? Come on." Uh, that's good, Westy. How was the dress code for the wedding? Was it nice and casual? Um, it was pretty casual. There was there were some outfits. Um, oh yeah, I'll tell you that much. There were some people were dressing too impressing. Uh, and Morgan's over here rocks up in a pair of shorts and a white shirt thinking it's it's Spain, it'll be 35 degrees, nobody will be dressed up. I was pretty wrong. Um, Sylvia has some very fashionable friends. Was it, ter- was it really hot though? Were they sweating and were you chilled? It was kind of hot, but the ceremony was at like six. It actually didn't start till about half seven, so it, it got pretty chilly and you know I was still in the shorts. Were you hanging brain though, just to keep yourself cool? Oh yeah, of course. Nice. Nice. That's the whole, I, I mean, like, mine's knocking on my knees all the time, you know? I actually need help with this. I'm going to a wedding in August in London, which is supposed I thought you meant hanging brain there for a second. Oh, yeah, I need, I need help with that all the time. What, do you use double-sided tape or what is it? <laughs> I'm going to a wedding in August in London, a uh, friend of ours from college, and the dress code is colourful cocktail, which I don't have a clue what that means. I don't own anything colourful or cocktaily, so... Uh, what does cocktaily mean? I don't know. We're so but, uh, under, we're so I'm, uncivilized. I'm, think, <laughs> I'm thinking of going like a Winston Bishop bird shirt. I think that might might work. I don't know uh, what that a, means. That's a new Girl reference for anyone who doesn't oh, know. Oh, I do know New Girl. Yeah, you know Winnie the Bitch. Yeah, and he wears his bird shirts. I'm thinking of going with one of them. I think that's cocktail. I like, I like, a, for those sort of things, I like, I'm always a big fan of floral print. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of, it's exotic. I like yeah, it. You know what? You know what's more exotic and cooler than floral? Birds. Birds, you're right. You've got me there. There was a, a gentleman at the wedding on, on Friday who had uh, flared orange trousers, um, but only one leg, um, the side seam was open. It was disco so, stew at your wedding? I mean, it was, I mean, it was a, and a vest. I mean, it was a wild outfit choice. I Were the flares cords? Because I, I think I might have had a pair of them back in the day. <laughs> At uh, what stage did Ruth look at you, Wesley, and say, it's over? I found um, the man. When him and two of his friends stopped the dance floor to do a choreographed routine to Rain by uh, Lady Gaga at Ariana Grande. 
you're joking me. First of all, <laughs> first of all, absolute banger. We're all agreed. Yeah. Absolute banger. That is, is he available for all weddings? Can I? I mean, I've, I've been saying they should, they should, they should uh, set up a business because the dance floor was never empty and it was, it was a great crack. That sounds fantastic. I love guys like that who just don't give a fuck. Love it. Uh, sh- sorry, Sam, we haven't got to you yet. We're four minutes in and we've already been riveted by Westy. Fantastic. Week off. We'll have to catch up on. Are Sam. we stalling? Is this one of our famous <laughs> yeah. stalling tactics? Uh, yeah, I think if we can, we can knock an hour out of this, lads, we're good. Uh, <laughs> Sam, how are you? How was your week in a bit? Good. Yeah, yeah. Wreck now tired. We were at Green Day on Monday and then Guns N' Roses on Tuesday. It's just back in Galway today and then going on holiday tomorrow to Dungarvan in Waterford, which should be nice. But uh, two concerts were fucking brilliant. My first two concerts in three odd years. I think the last concert I was at, Westy, was at Bon Jovi in the RDS. So it was unreal to be at a gig again. Uh, it was almost emotional at one stage. Like, so I was some crack and reliving my youth. Uh, tried moshing. Uh, shoulder is in so much pain. Sam, you're a father now. You can't be moshing. The pit opened up in front of me during Green Day and I was like, I'm going in. And I jumped in. I was like, moshing away. And then at guns yesterday, I was kind of like lightly headbanging because my shoulder's in bits, like worse than my rugby injuries. Like that was, I'm too old to mosh these days. I didn't stretch properly. That was my problem. If you, there, there you go. If you need to stretch before moshing, you shouldn't be moshing. It's a young man's oh, game, Sam. It's a young man's I game. Were, I worked in the academy years ago and it was before, it was like a, I think it was a machine head gig or a Sepultura gig or something. And there was a bunch of like 50 year old, like biker dudes in the downstairs part of the academy, like stretching before it. And they were like, so uh, you got work tomorrow? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so so formal about it. I love it. Yeah, it was unreal. They were like, oh yeah, you can't you can't do this two three times a week without stretching properly. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, my week and a half was pretty. Did I do much, Sam? You probably know more than me. Uh, I can't yeah. remember if I did anything. You were playing golf. Uh, you won played golf, golf. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, played. Um, I don't know, competitively is not the word, cup, but it? yeah, Junior Cup, if no one knows what that means if you're not into golf, but uh, we played against Portumna, got the W, um, playing in front of a small crowd of like 20 or 30 people, which is not not fun, nerve-wracking as hell, uh, Shank Shang City sometimes, I'm sure it's called. I don't, I don't like when people let me play through. Yeah, <laughs> Sam doesn't like when people let me play through, he thinks it's like the PGA Tour, the Masters, uh, so yeah, but that was fun, uh, first time ever doing it, uh, well the last few weeks, first time ever doing it. Uh, I've won one, lost one. So, look at we're breaking even. But, look at we're six and a half minutes in here. If you're still listening, we will start talking about rugby now. Uh, as I said, Ireland is touring uh, New Zealand at the moment and they started off with a midweek game against the mighty All Blacks. Uh, I kept calling them Maori. Is that is that wrong? Are they, is they rebranding or what's the story with that? No, it's, it's the New Zealand Maori. Are you sure that just wasn't Maori All Blacks? Uh, Maori All Blacks. New Zealand accent because like... No, it's the, even the, the match report here, it's called the Maori All Blacks. Yeah, the Maori All Blacks are New Zealand Maori either one. Wow, okay. Uh, I, thought, I, thought, I was hoping it wasn't being. No, they are the Maori rude. All Blacks on like social media and stuff for definite. Uh, and their their jersey has like All Blacks with Maori underneath it. Like it's such a slick jersey, probably the slickest jersey on the planet. Well, that actually, I, I did ask for some questions in, and Aina did say we can talk, we can tackle that stuff at the bat if you want. That yeah. uh, they're consistently the best jerseys in the on yeah. the planet. Somewhere in my house, I have an old one with like kind of silver uh, Maori designs on it. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, an old Adidas one. But the one they were training in was like green through it as well, which was class. I thought that uh, I think it's one of the coolest jerseys. And I think one of the things like, you know, making jerseys maybe a little bit more marketable by not making them shite Ireland. 
uh, is a good thing, you know, like Stade Francais, people buy that jersey even if they're not Stade fans because they're always interesting, you know, that sort of way. So I think, yeah, just making nicer jerseys is a great way to be if you're in the marketing side of things. So maybe the Irish team might look into that and ask for a few pointers while they're down there. I think the problem is with international jerseys, they're never going to stray too far away from the means. Whereas like we've often seen, like as someone said before, I think on Twitter to me, like training tops are always nicer then because because they're a bit they can be a bit more bold with that i say like stad is a club team so they can kind of do what they want whereas ireland it has to be green it's the same like with the all blacks it's never going to be that much different than a black jersey with maybe some silver accents or whatever but yeah someone said argentina would like a word in in terms of nicest jerseys going west i think you probably you you probably an argentina fan jersey yeah I, I, I like a good Argentina jersey. I like the, the blue and white. I think they're usually quite good. I think they're one of the few, like, they usually get, like, Nike or someone to make their jerseys or... or, or um, Puma or something. Yeah, Puma. Like, it, it's not usually one of the normal, like, not the normal, one of the most common. It's not Macron. It's not Canterbury. No, you're right. It's, it's not, Nike. I'm looking at it here. It is yeah. Nike, yeah. So it's usually, it usually has a bit of a different style of it, which I think adds to the fact that it's not, not, only, not only is it a really good colour combination, it's also... Quite differently styled, I think. I'd give Italy a good shout out for similar. They they usually go with like a kappa or something like that, and their jerseys are always slick. And Japan show up, and all of the tier two nations show up because, like you said, Smurf, they don't really they're not tied to like having to be calm. Like Romania had like the nicest like the Romanian flag trim on their white away jersey last year, and it was just beautiful. It was like why don't more teams just like embrace stuff like that? So. The Italian warm-up jackets, I was going to buy one and then I realised they're like €160. Euro. So I, I backed off after that. But uh, again, we seem like we're dodging. We're not. Uh, the Maori All Blacks come out on top, 32.17. Uh, a wet night uh, in New Zealand uh, led to a lot of sloppy play. But le- before the game, let's talk about that first. The team was announced. We were all very excited. First of all, Bundy captain. Uh, incredible honour uh, bestowed upon him, especially in, in his... Was, was that his hometown or that's where he played? It's not his hometown, but that's where Chiefs play. So that's where he would have played a Super Rugby. They won the league when he was there and stuff. So, so but yeah, a, ni- a nice trip for him. Uh, a nice honour, obviously, from Andy Farrell. Uh, we had, uh, you know, Dave Heffernan starting. We had Keen Prendergast making his first appearance. It's not a cap, unfortunately, which is disappointing, but an appearance nonetheless. We had some, you know, Frawley at 10. We had some exciting selections that we were all like, brilliant, this is great. Uh, and the performance wasn't there. But we'll, we'll get into that first. The reaction to the performance, Westy, we've all been kind of saying um, that... Uh, so Sorry, Sam, I'll ask you. We've all been kind of saying that we want new people in. We want the young guys in to see what they're going to be like. We all know that it's not always going to go well. And then yet we react like this when it doesn't kind of work and it doesn't look cohesive. Are we are we fools for expecting anything different? Uh, I think we anyway are are people of the same mindset of us are always in the want for blooding youngsters, especially on a summer tour. The fact this summer tour was to New Zealand kind of made it a bit harder for them to blood the youngsters because people are going to take it so seriously, especially beating New Zealand in the autumn. So I thought that was always going to be the case. And then when they introduced these Maori games, I was like, unbelievable, a chance for the likes of Prendergast or Coombs and you know Casey to get some much needed experience in a green jersey get them starting and then people just blow their lid but I think people just blow their lid regardless so I think you really have to just kind of park the the Twitter verse because the way people are like I said it earlier and I had to clarify myself I said disappointing it wasn't disappointing I wasn't given out about the team because I think that that team was the perfect team for it and that was the opportunity for them all to gain their experience I was disappointed because I actually like like the look of the team so much that I was really hopeful that it would do something and some of those players would use that as a chance to maybe put their hand up for the weekend. 
And that's what I felt was a bit disappointing. Only just that it just didn't click in ways I think it will. And I'd love to see a very similar, if not the same team, you know, uh, injuries aside next week for or the week after for the the second Maori test. Because I, I think that that's the potential. And I think that that's the experience that you need. And that's what other teams do. You saw France send a second team to Australia last year and do unbelievably and look at where they're gone to now. So, yeah, I was I was so excited for that team when it was announced. Uh, and I, I'm not dismayed about what happened because a lot of those players haven't played in the guts of a month. Some of them are kind of getting back to fitness, getting back to form, playing out of position or playing in positions that they're not massively experienced in or, you know, like Prendergast playing for the first time in an Ireland jersey. So, nah, it's like the, the scoreline is a little disappointing to look at but when you take the context of it i think you can't i can't i i I think anyone that's getting annoyed on twitter is just getting annoyed because that's the type of person they are and that's just what they're going to have that's how you're going to live with that people exist like that that are never going to be happy yeah i just i just get annoyed because again it's one game i've seen lads on twitter and lads who should know better and i don't like calling lads out but your man pat mccarry from joe he comes out oh. with some awful takes, but he tweeted like, "Wouldn't it be great if these lads happened to be holiday, holidaying nearby?" And he lists like Ed Byrne, Ross Maloney, Alan O'Connor, Ethan McRae. But it's like, like, what are you trying to prove at that point? Like, if if they were there and they lost the same score and the same performance, are you going to be saying the same about the other lads? It's just it's pointless takes for no reason, almost like trying to be, uh, you know, a tyrant about it and trying to kind of ruffle feathers. And you're just like, you should know better than this. You're, you know, you work for a media company like that. It's just bullshit, in my opinion. But it's a, it's a race to write people off as well. It's like Frawley, everyone says for the last three weeks, we're listening, oh, Frawley's the answer 10, Frawley's the answer 10. And then it doesn't work for him because he's played like one game there in three years. And people are like, he's definitely not the answer. Shouldn't be near an Ireland team. Why is he even there? You know, what's, what's he doing there? And you're kind of going, well, Frawley's a fantastic player. And everyone knows that he can play 10 if needs be, but he hasn't that experience in the last while. Give him a chance. As well as that, the 10 just seems to take the blame regardless. Anytime Ireland don't do well, it's the 10's fault. It's not everyone else that was like inconsistent or disjointed. It's the 10's fault somehow. So you're almost kind of lucky actually that Jack wasn't there. Because That's what geez, I was going to say. Thank God. Articles they would be able to write about him because people just love shoveling the blame on the 10. Yeah, it's like you could Barracoons, no one really shone today. Like I thought ever, some people had some moments, but overall it wasn't a good day at the office. But well, before I give my opinion fully on Westy, your kind of review of the game, were you frustrated? Were you nonchalant about it? What was your kind of, you know, your reaction? Ooh, nonchalant. I like that. Um, uh, my reaction, I, well, I did, I'm disappointed. Um, you know, it's kind of a bit anticlimactic. Um, obviously, I didn't watch the game because I had work this morning. Wink, <laughs> wink, nudge, nudge. It's disappointing when you get up early for a game like that, and especially a game that, you know, you feel like we as a team should be winning. Um, so, yeah, I was a bit disappointed after that. I was very impressed with how the team ride in the second half. I, I don't really think enough credit's been given to how... You know, I've heard people say they, they didn't turn it around. Was I think they kind of did. They they plugged a lot of the gaps anywhere, at least minimized the mistakes in the second half, which was which was good to see. Um, but my main thought after is I think unfortunately it, it kind of solidifies the fact that you can't really make wholesale changes anymore. And I don't really think it's it's that beneficial to make wholesale changes. Putting out a, a 15 that have never played together and probably never will play together doesn't really seem to benefit anybody in these situations anymore. You know, I think. Um, I go back to what I said, like during the Six Nations, that we should be looking at making two, two to four changes in every game and rotating players in and out so that they are, they all feed into a system. Like at its worst this morning, it looked like fifteen lads trying to make a name for themselves and not actually playing together as a team. You know, when we were at our best in maybe the first ten minutes, where 
I text you guys, I said, like, the, the pace of the game is unbelievable. We were pushing up in line and putting pressure on them and forcing mistakes. Whereas towards the end of the game, we have one person shooting up and everyone else standing there and leaving the gap and not even kind of reacting to cover it. So, yeah, I, th- I think my main takeaway is that, and it's difficult right now in this tour because you've got two midweek games, right? So you're not going to play your weekend players midweek. But um, I just don't really see the benefit anymore in Ireland a year out from a World Cup in playing uh, a 15 that, that aren't going to play together. It, it should be changes to certain positions that are used to build depth and give lads experience with the team as a whole, not in a kind of, let's maybe say like an Ireland A situation necessarily. Yeah, I have a few opinions on this. I'm probably in the minority of here, but like... Um... I would still look today as a positive in several aspects in the sense that a lot of the young, you know, t- talent in this country that we all wanted to see play a game got some good experience today. Yeah, it it didn't go their way. Yeah, the performances weren't amazing. But guess what? Like, the many tweets I've seen, like, oh, what today proved is that our, our starting 15 is really good, but our depth is bad. Yeah, guess guess who caused that fucking problem? Our bloody selves by not playing them. Like you just you can't expect the likes of Prendergast or the likes of Freud to come in and hit the ground running at that level. It's just not realistic. You have. I to- also just wouldn't agree that that proves that at all. I think, like Westy said, if you make twenty three changes, you're bound to have some disjointed thing. But the the whole opportunity there is for them to get game time in a high tense environment against like world class players. You know, players that are pushing for All Blacks or players that are like you know record try scorers in Super Rugby. So I think that yeah it's not that big a gap between the start 23 and this 23. It's just the fact that there are two separate 23s and this one don't get to play together as much. Also, this game doesn't matter. I'll ask you this time next year, Sam, uh, what was the score in that game? And you're not going to have a clue. You're not going to remember it because it doesn't I matter. I remember Bundy scored. That's what it is. Yeah, Bundy scored. But like, these are the games to do this. So to, to react, like I see a lot of people reacting uh, to a, a bad, a sloppy performance like that. It was, as Wes said, like a team that, of course, are going to be disjointed. They haven't played together. They, they, they haven't got that cohesion. But... Will that stick to Keane Prendergast in a year's time when he sees the level that you need to be at to play a team like that? You know, I think that will stick to him more than, oh, we got we got to win against a, a Maori team a, a year ago. Personally, I think I I think that's I would look at that more as a positive. Today was always going to be a, whatever kind of day in terms of results, but you have to think long term with this. Like Frawley, we don't know he might come really good at ten and he might look back at that game being like, wow, yeah, that's where I I know I noticed that I need to really step it up. Um, you know any of them like Hume Hume unfortunately obviously got a knock but we would have loved to see more of him but even to get up to the speed of like him and he's been in fantastic form but he looked off the pace at certain parts as well like it's just long term thinking is what we're not good at in this country Uh, and I think today is one of those games where you like stamp that in experience for those young players let's move on who cares who cares about the result no the match is nothing it means nothing is that fair Sam? Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. I think that there's there's a gross overreaction to it. Obviously, like Westy kind of said, it was anticlimactic. It was a little disappointing because we had such high hopes for that team. But in retrospect and uh, in context, that that's a team of players that even in training until that team was decided, probably don't line out together. You know, that back line is probably not lining up in training and playing too often unless it's, you know, holding tackle bags. It, it's not the first choice team. It's not someone that's going to get a, t- a group that's going to get concentrated on. So they're going to, they're going to be rotating in, out, in and out with other players as opposed to together. So you would have hoped to have seen a bit more of a connect between 
the centers because that's a, a center partnership that you'd have no issue putting into a Six Nations game or into a World Cup game that Bundy and Hume are two fantastic players but they didn't really get going and then unfortunately Hume took that injury I thought the back three were you know they were weak but that's that's just the way it is in that in, in some cases I think that they were kind of they were definitely targeted a little bit. Uh, the Mario Blacks tried to keep it alive and get it wide as lot as, as as much as possible. And I think that uh, you know O'Brien and Earls in particular won't be overly happy with their games. So I think Larmer was a little bit better, uh, and Larmer still has an opportunity to get into that Irish team for the weekend because Mac Hansen's got COVID, which is worrying because I can't remember either of Earls or Larmer coming off. So did they both play eighty, and then potentially will have to play at the weekend? Because uh, you know Lowe's dead cert, but. Other than that, who, who else is there? So, no, it's it's all in all, it's there's positives to take across the park. The players will get their work-ons from it. They'll get a load of experience and they'll be happy with that and the coaching staff will. Uh, but everyone will also be disappointed because they didn't win or because they allowed the Maoris to build up such a head of steam that it was too too hard a, a bridge to get back over in the second half. I think they came out swinging in the second half. I personally believe if one of those held up tries, I believe there was three of them, if one of them early on had counted they would have gotten themselves back into it, but they left it too little too late by the time they got that try. I think all in all, now every player will have a set of work-ons that the coaching staff will have taken from that and a set of things that the coaching staff will be positive because regardless of how each player played overall, every single player had something positive that happened on that pitch. I don't believe that anyone had a horrendous day at the office. I think that some players might not have had their best day and that they'll know that and they'll work on that. But I think Coombs, Prendergast, I did. I think Bundy was good. I think that you know, he wasn't, his usual self, but he's usually in, you know, the strongest starting 15 that Ireland have, but I thought he was quite good and I thought he led quite well. I think that our, our uh, discipline was quite poor, but that's, that's the way it is. Yeah, we'll, we'll rate the Connacht lads first. Uh, you, you mentioned Bundy already. I thought in, in, in Owens he looked good. He definitely doesn't seem, he's not 100% sharpness or fi- fitness. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's still recovered from the knocks. He's obviously not playing the weekend. Um, I think it's safe to say with the selection uh, today. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. To be personally honest, I'd be shocked if he plays Saturday. I, I, I don't think he's in the like the starting team. But I wouldn't be overly shocked if he started. Like we, you know, we've seen Bundy. We've seen Bundy go week in, week out, even with Knox. Uh, he's resilient. He's tough as nails, and he does play with Knox. I think it was during the autumn. He, I thought he was out. He was going to be out, and then he was back in the next week. And we've seen that before. I think that. If they're looking at maybe the wing situation, they're looking at the overall and maybe the versatility of someone like Ring Rose can move out. Uh, having him as a 23rd man might be more beneficial to Ireland than having someone like Bundy. So I think you could see Bundy and Robbie. I'd not, I don't think it's it's the most likely situation given the selection, but it was such an emotional thing for Bundy. I think Farrell thought he'd get the best out of him, picking him as captain, picking him in Hamilton. So I'm, I don't think it completely rules him out. Like you're talking about Bundyaki, you're talking about a lion, like you're talking about one of Ireland's best players in the last few years and someone that has proven time and time again he will just keep going until he, he can't walk. Yeah, I, I, I agree if it, if it was a, a really important game or a Six Nations game or World Cup game, I think they possibly could, but I just don't see why they would um, in terms of... He's definitely not on... Well, Westy, what do you think? Do you, does, what do you think about Bunny's performance? I think I think it was a pretty strong performance. I mean, the try obviously stands out. It was a great kind of pass from, I think it was Gavin Coons, wasn't it? You gave him the yeah. ball uh, before he made the break. Um, I thought he led pretty well. Okay, he gave away a few penalties, um, but I think that's from trying to change the game. You know, he gave away penalties at the breakdown for not rolling away, or maybe for not uh, releasing when the ref told him to. Um, not a perfect performance, I don't think, but I think a pretty strong performance and, and a decent performance as captain. I think 
we did lack a little bit of leadership out there, but I think Bundy is a lead from the front kind of guy. He's not necessarily a um, shout and roar in your ear kind of guy. So, you, you know, you need to be able to follow that leadership as well. Um, I, I don't think he'll play. He's not going to play at the weekend. I, I think I think he might play the third test. I'd say that's probably what they're eyeing him up for. Um, get him back into international rotation. Um, we might see him maybe on the bench next week for the for the Maoris. Um, and then possibly on the bench for the... Um, well, it's rare now we see him on the bench. We might see him involved in the second test. He won't be involved in the weekend. Um, I think he will be involved in the third test. The second test, I think it could go either way. Yeah, in terms of, we talked about the penalties, he did give away plenty of penalties. All I'll say to him and Prendergast is, you don't have to go after every jackal that uh, that shows itself as an opportunity. Him and Prendergast, now Prendergast was just probably raw and young and wanted to make an impact, but you give away some silly penalties, even Wayne Barron said to Keane Prendergast, he's like, you, you can't go for that. It's it's You've already had a chance, you can't go back it again a second time. And I'm sure, as you said, Wesley, it comes from trying to change the game, but maybe just being a bit smarter, saving your energy a little bit when it comes to... like It seems like every turnover, every ruck, if Bundy's around it, he's he's going for it and he's sniffing at it. Um, and maybe there could be a, a better way of uh, conserving your energy a little bit, or at least the penalty count, because the penalty count did get, it got out of hand, Wesley, didn't it? Yeah, it definitely did. I mean, look, they weren't completely clean of ill-discipline either, but, I mean, the problem for us was definitely, and look, it, it's the kind of problem it was compound errors. It was we were offside once, then we were offside twice, and we were offside three times, and then, you know, Marys have their pick of the penalty where they want to take it. Like, so, um, I think the likes of Keane Prendergast, I think a tour like this is really good for him to to pick those moments. Because that's why someone like Ty Byrne is so good at, at jackal turnovers or Chris Clotay. Um, in terms of Munster, like they pick their moments and they pick their moments very well. Whereas, as you said, Bernagas is probably trying to get after every ball because he wants to prove his value, prove his worth. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that th- that's obviously something he can work on throughout the tour. Um, discipline as a whole, um, they, they weren't the only players, there's plenty of other players who were, who were pinged offside. And um, again, it's, it's, a, it's our lack of ability to adapt to it during the game, we did seem to be a step further back off the rook at the start of the second half. That was only once we went into the sheds. Like you really would think that I think we've all been parts of teams in the past where you've given away two to penalties for offside. It's like lads, everyone take a step back. Do you know, it's it's something that you need to be able to adapt on the pitch. And at the highest level it's it's even more important. I'm docking you a point for not saying sheds instead of sheds. Um disappointed. Ah. I know. Disappointing from you, Westy. Well I should want to touch dick. on that. <laughs> the amount of people getting uh, their knickers in a twist over Kean uh Kian Healy and I tweeted I was like, we all murder Maori names. You think we're all pronouncing Maori names correctly all the time? Not a fucking chance. So let's let Kian or Kian slide for once. Yeah, I I'm letting that slide. I'm not letting Angier slide. Angier is was a different level altogether. That was poor. That was really poor. Pretty pretty cool sounding, but uh, wrong. Uh, Sam, Dave, Heffernan, uh, what do you think of his performance? I thought he was solid. I thought like the all the kind of players. I thought they were solid. I thought he had moments. I thought he was he looked quite good. His lineout was pretty good, bar one. Uh, but I thought, unfortunately for him, what's going to happen is no one's going to get over that one. Uh, knock on because of the position that they were in that 45 minutes and they kind of gone they tapped it and gone a couple of times he'd been successful and he had done quite well and he was good in the loose with the ball but that's going to be the thing that everyone hangs their hat on and anytime you suggest David Heffernan being a good squad player they're going to go oh no that time he knocked it on against the, old, uh, the Mario Blacks so that's you, going to you hang over you could see it him. coming a mile away as well because it was like the third one it was, it was the third one, yeah and it was so slippy like in fairness but no, and that that is a mistake, and it's a mistake in a bad area. It's a mistake he's been put in the position of. I 
like I like the tap and go option when it works, but I would have gone for the scrum at some point there. After the second or third one, I would have gone, look, we've gotten away with it a couple of times. We've battered down the door, but it was very slippy. So that's that's a part of the game that's going to stick with them and people are going to use to beat them, uh, a stick to beat them with. But overall, I thought he was actually quite solid. And I think he showed why he is consistently in squads because he might not be the best. He might not be the one or the two. You know, we know that Kelleher and Sheehan are unbelievable. We know the other uh, players like Scanlon when he got called up. Um, are are very very good players, but I think that he is a, a solid player who has a, a good high ceiling when he gets to it. But what he does is he does everything solidly first. So I I think he'd be overall happy enough with his game. He didn't light it up, but neither did anyone else. But that one mistake will stand, and uh, all the monster fans that can't hack a conic player being suggested to be in the Ireland squad or Leinster fans can't hack conic players suggested being the Ireland squad will use it to uh, as a stick to beat him with. Yeah, I know what you mean, but. Um... As I would if it was one of their players. <laughs> yeah, just saying. I'm like, glad you admit that. Yeah, I'm glad you. Admit oh, that. completely. I mean, I remember that time he tripped over his own laces. Oh, get yeah, him out of there. that guy's not built for international rugby. Uh, Wes, let's talk about some of the positives. What did you like from what you saw today? Was there was there much? Anything you want to single out? Um, I do think. Well, in terms of of some of Dave Heffern, I thought his lineouts have come a long way. I thought he was uh, I thought he was much sharper than maybe we've seen before. Um. Uh, Gavin Coombs obviously was a pretty strong standout. Um, um, yeah, like I mean, look, I'm, I'm always happy to see lads with with low experience and low number of caps getting out there and playing. I thought I thought it was, I thought it was a really entertaining game to watch. First off, um, particularly the first 15, 20 minutes, I thought the pace of the game was that was was blistering. It was it was great. Um, and yeah, look as I said before, I, I I think the reaction in the second half deserves credit, right? Like. We then now you can look at it the opposite way and say we didn't capitalize on it, but we we spent 15 minutes essentially inside their half pressing and pressing and pressing. And I mean, I do think for the sake of, for the sake of argument that Key and Prendergast try well, it wasn't a try, but it was you know Wayne Barnes is pretty adamant that it was held up. I think that deserved a look. If the if the one after it deserved a look, the first one definitely deserved a look. You know, um, so I, I think the the way the guys reacted in the second half was strong, was good. Um, Disappointing not to kick on, but I, I think we were drastically improved in the second half from where in the first half. I think that highlights a lot of the problems that we talked about. Like it, it shows that once they were kind of given a bit of uh, maybe leadership in a change room, that that cohesion and that kind of team spirit came back. So I think I think we finished it strong, to be honest. Like I mean, well, again, relative to the game, we finished it strong. Um, and yeah, look, it was great to see young players, a great to see an inexperienced squad get out there and, and play on a. What is it still essentially, you know, it's, it's still a pretty big world stage to play the Mary All Blacks. It's, it's an honor to play them and it's a, uh, an hour honor to be there. And speaking of the highlights, I think that the tribute to Sean Manui at the start was just mm. absolutely outstanding and, and fair, fair, fair dues to all the guys for, for playing out that jersey and doing that. I think that was very, yeah. very big of them. Very thanks, of them. thanks for reminding me, Wes. I did want to point that out. That's going to be, if, if that kid goes on to play for the All Blacks, that is going to be an incredible photo of him waving to the, the all black team and like you could see a few lads didn't want to like break character uh, a few Brad Weber broke straight away he was waving straight back he was just like hey how are you <laughs> whereas TJ Paranaro was more like in the zone but uh, yeah that was fantastic that was uh, they, they always do that stuff well um, and that was that was a very touching touching moment for uh, for everybody involved but um, Sam your positives from the from the game overall anything you want to add that you what you've already added uh, no I think the positives are more so the experience that everyone got. Uh, I don't think there was, you know, outside of moments for a lot of players, it wasn't much, but I think that you can look at Coombs and say that's a player who's put his hand up for the weekend for sure. 
Uh, I think that Bundy will be just as much in contention as he was before. You know, he's a, he's a regular starter for the team. I, Hume, unfortunate injury now. Hopefully nothing nothing too bad. Uh, one major, major negative. Like, I'm not one for going against the wishes and advice of a doctor, but I don't know, understand how Lachman goes back on. Like, you know, I can't say for certain from my couch across the halfway across the world that he didn't pass the HIA, but regardless of whether or not he passed the test, just the, like the eye test, the fact that he couldn't stand up, I think look, should have raised alarm bells and it shouldn't have even been risked personally. Uh, Cause we know from well-documented cases recently that there's just there's so much around the head and it's something that we need to stamp out and they're looking after people's head and there should be mandatory stand down periods of much longer than a week. So I, it didn't sit right with me. Uh, the idea of Keen Healy going 78 minutes also didn't sit right with me. So when Lachman came back on, I was like, okay, but now when you see it back and you see him can't stand up and stuff, it just does not. It, to me, like, it just didn't look right. The pessimistic in me says those factors come in. So Lachman is making his first appearance. He's he's going to be probably, again, this is me assuming in the pessimism, I'm not saying it's happened, but he's going to want to go back on. Andy Farrell's looking at Keen Healy being like, I don't want you playing 78 minutes. So, you know, well, it, are they are they blurring the lines a little bit? No, it's an independent doctor that does the HIA stuff. It's nothing to do with the Irish team. It is an independent doctor. So is it Andy Farrell it with a wig been. and glasses on? <laughs> Johnny Sexton. <laughs> Johnny Sexton be like, hello, I am your doctor. Yeah, I just, I hope I'm wrong. I'm just saying like, yeah, his, his, his the brain shuts off for half a second there. We can all see that. Like it's, yeah. he's not right. There's no way he is, I don't care if, whatever test he passes, he shouldn't be going out to play rugby again for the next, in, within 10 minutes. It shouldn't happen. But I don't know. I said, Wesley, as you said, it's a point we can't make that decision. We have to trust in the system. I just hope the system is as as airtight as we think it is. That's all. Um, we can we can touch on the, the depth issue now at, at the prop level. Obviously, Lachman, we don't know what stories. Keane Healy looked like a pretty rough uh, injury there. We saw Finley coming on to cover that the loose head spot as well. Uh, I mean, I've seen again a lot of people asking, is there any props out there that are experienced? And Sam, I think you might know uh, of a decent experienced loose head prop that, you know, would just love the idea of going over to New Zealand and playing for Ireland. Yeah, I'm available if people want me, but uh, <laughs> I have much experience. You're overselling me there, but <laughs> over 200 caps for Connacht, twice in the team of the year, league winner, just unplayable on his day. Had a rough time with injury for the last year or so. But even before that has always been kind of counted out of the Ireland setup. Presumably, people think because of his height. Uh, I think that's a farcical reason to leave someone of his talent out. But yeah, Dennis Buckley, I think, should be next off the rank. He won't be. They'll go to the third choice at Munster or the fourth choice at Leinster before they go to Dennis Buckley. But he's one of the most experienced props in the country, regardless. In, and it would be an absolute farce if he didn't. I think, uh, I, think uh, I think Harry Burns actually on the way over um, to uh, to play. So I thought you meant on the way over to hospital, sorry. No, he's going over to play a loose head prop. Uh, oh. Farrell just loves him. He can do it in that guy. You know Brian O'Driscoll I mean? reckons he's probably the answer to Ireland's <laughs> loose head prop problem. He's, he's tweeting as we as we speak. Uh, but yeah, that, that is, that's a worry going forward, uh, playing three tests upcoming uh, and another test against the Marys uh, when you aren't sure what the loose head situation is. That's for sure. Yeah, and what I don't want to happen is what happened a couple of years ago before Porter made the switch was everyone said, oh, Finley Beelham used to play there so he can go back, even though he'd been exclusively a tight head for years. And he went across before Porter did and obviously got hosed because that's what happens when you go and play loose head for the first time without any competitive games at league level or anything. And then everyone went, Finley Beelham's not good enough for Ireland. Like, like, 
take the context into the situation. So I hope that they don't put him on the bench behind Porter and then call up, you know, another tight head or something uh, just to give him that depth because people saying that he's versatile. He's like, Bielham is a brilliant tight head. He's, he's been excellent. He was excellent when he came on today. He ran really hard. He's positive. And I hope he gets the opportunity to show that instead of getting scapegoated if he ends up going across and not having the, the barnstorming game against an all-blacks team. Yeah, of course. Context is that never enters the conversation, Sam. When it comes to Ireland, Ireland rugby, there's no context needed. Um, Westy, looking forward now to the first test uh, this weekend. Will that will that disappoint performance? You think that will that impact negatively on the rest of the squad going ahead, or is it a blank canvas going into Saturday? I, I don't know if it will impact the the rest of the squad because I do think at the minute I think even maybe Andy Farrell alluded to it in the press conferences yesterday and the day before. At the minute, there's two squads. There's a weekend squad and a midweek squad. I don't think that there's, um, although there may be a few, I don't think there's going to be a large number of those players involved on Saturday. Um, I don't think there was going to be, regardless of the result. You know, I think maybe one or two, you know, as you said, the likes of Coombs might have put his name into a conversation. Dave Heffernan will probably be involved because it's only Scannell and, and, um, and Dan Sheehan that are available. So one of them, either uh, Dave or, or, um, or, um, Scandal has to be involved. Um, but no, I think that the, I think it'll be a bit of a wake up call. I think it'll kind of, hopefully only in a positive way, it'll kind of give the guys a bit of a kind of, a bit of a stir in to say like, oh yeah, like it's the All Blacks. It's not that team we've beaten twice in the last three years. It's it's the best team in the world. Like we have to be on our on our day. Um, but no, I don't think, I think that because of the rotation of the squads, I don't think it's going to have a, a major, major effect on any of the preparations for the game on Saturday. For the game on Saturday, I think that there's one or two that will have put their hand up and could be in contention. Uh, you'll see players dropping like flies in the next while. So maybe if it's not Saturday, it's going to be the next one after that uh, or the final one. The, the players in this team are there for a reason. They're there to you know, supplement the starting 23 or to force their way into the starting 23. I think Bielham could definitely be on it. One of Scannell or uh, uh, Heffern will have to be on it. You're looking at maybe you know, Baird could be in the mix or... Any any one of them there, there's because uh, Henderson's gone down now, so it could be Baird, it could be Joe McCarthy. They might want to get that that bulk in there. So there are players there that can go to it, but I don't think that their mindset will be affected by this result. I think that they'll know this was a midweek game. The Lions have gone over and gotten like hockeyed in midweek games time and time again, and then put it up to New Zealand or Australia. That's that's what these tours are about. And the first game back for a month for some of them after traveling across the world trying to get to know each other being an inexperienced team, I think everyone will understand that context. And the, the, the coaching staff will have done well to explain that context to him pre-game as well as post-game. And I don't think I don't think it'll have too much of a negative effect, not at all. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think the the, the 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 occasion itself will be enough to get them, like, you know, you're playing the All Blacks uh, in New Zealand. The, the, you know, they'll be, they'll be well up for it, so I don't see that being and a problem. You're a year out from, year and a half out from the World Cup, so you're going to be looking around the dressing room and looking for those leaders that if it is affecting the group, you want those leaders, the likes of a Sexton, to step up and drag everyone up to their level because you, you, know, you know how competitive he is and how much he wants to win. You know, those leaders are going to be the ones that need to step up now in the next year and a half. And if the, the, the mentality is down because of a loss to France in the Six Nations or a loss to New Zealand, Maori in New Zealand, they're the players you need to grab them by the scruff of the neck and pull them up. So it's a, going, it's a big test. It's a big couple of weeks and it's an ideal time for this New Zealand series because it's going to show the mental side of them all as well as the, the physical capabilities. Yeah, and we all know the mental side of things is not our strong point. Um, I will. I want to say something here and you know what, this is a safe zone, guys, right? This is a safe area. We can be honest here because I was, 
I was quite impressed with someone today, even though they didn't play well. But I, I was for for the few times I've seen them, I actually liked watching them play today. It's Craig Casey. I don't know what. Okay, I know Simon looking at me. Okay, it wasn't the best day at the office, but I just like his fight. I just think that he is. I know Sam. I know. Let me finish. Let me finish. There was just a few players where I saw him, and he just he sold out. He gave it everything. And I was, it could have been very easy just to pack it in. And I know a couple of other scrum halves would have packed it in. And he didn't. And I just, for the future going forward, I just, I said, because like, let's be honest, he's in Andy Farrell's plans. There's no getting around that. So if that's what we're going with, and I'm, 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 so, I'm, bu- I'm buying a little bit of stock. Okay, Sam, safe zone. You can't bite my head off. No, I'll buy stock on him as the backup uh, i think that he has proven this year that he's on better form and has a, a longer future so therefore should be regarded higher than conor murray i think conor murray has struggled to get back to any sort of form since he had that long uh, out that long period out uh, and i think that he's he's done a good enough job since he stopped trying to be conor murray and started playing again like casey because he had he had a an unbelievable introduction and then he, he ta- tapered off a little bit and he's kind of gotten back to himself and I think he's really just grabbed the bull by the horns and said look this is the player I am and this is what I'm going to do uh, and he's he's a good replacement for Gibson Park he doesn't change the game as much maybe as if you do have a Conor Murray come on and change the game but maybe that's not what you want uh, I'm not buying too much stock into the whole he's a big fighter thing I get it he's aggressive he's yappy he's nippy the fact that he's 5-1 probably makes him look a bit yappier and nippier than he is. And that just is something that stands out to me. I always think that his ability and his dog and fight is overplayed because of his height. That's nothing on him. It's unbelievable that himself and like the likes of Mike Lowry have not let height get in their way. I think that, you know, the likes of maybe a Marmion or a Blade who are closer in size to some of the other players are just as aggressive with the ball, but they don't look as scrappy-do as Craig Casey. And that's just the way I feel about it. I appreciate that he's a good player and I appreciate that he does have a lot of dogfight in him, but I just don't think it's as effective as people make out. It's just the fact he's smaller, it looks like it does. Uh, I wasn't overly impressed with him again today either. No, uh, I don't think he was great either today, but I just... Um, you I just love the fact he pushed your man back. And no, then got the, no, there was another the, play the where he penalty. literally he swan-dived for a ball and then I think Brad Weber kicked him in the back of the head or something like that. But there was it was a grubber down the back and he just... He literally, Chris Ashton, tried to get the ball... When like he didn't have to, and I don't know, it just I was like, you've charmed me a little bit, you know what I mean? Full Ricky Gervais office kind of job, uh, but I I don't know. Wes, I have a question for you. Um, in Space Jam terms, have aliens come down and taken Conor Murray and Joey Carberry's talent? <laughs> Is it possible? Um, I mean, it's it it. It's not not possible. I've seen multiple. <laughs> there's multiple films now where that happens. Yeah, and they're all documentaries. <laughs> Forgive me, I can't remember Space Jam Two because it was awful. Um, but um, I'd say it's unlikely, Stephen, um, but not impossible. I'm just throwing it out um, there, Wesley. I'm just throwing it out there. I think. No, I think. Look, it's, it's. I think it's more about. Look, Murray's form's been on and off over the last few years. He's still shown glimpses that he still has it. He's still he's still a fantastic athlete, but it's just that it it, it is time now to push on with other players. I think um, the likes of Joey Carberry. Joey Carberry's paying the price now for being the great White Hope and spending two years out injured. Like it's you know you can't. This was never going to happen overnight. And as much as the Munster and Ireland team tried to force it, he was never going to be an international two days after coming back from injury. Like it's just not a thing that happens. He. He needs time to play. He needs time to grow into a position. Um, 
and and he will do that. I'm not saying at all. You know, I'm not saying that about Harry Byrne either. That you just throw the baby out with the bathwater and ignore them. But I think it's this is exactly why you don't put all of your eggs into one basket and hope for the best. Um, uh, if 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 their talent has been stolen, um, and we have to play a rugby match against Interspace Aliens to get it back, um, sign me up. Are they more? Are they called the Monsters? Oh, oh, thank you. It. I'll see myself love out. Have a good one, guys. Appreciate it. Love it. No, Wesley, you put it so well, though. Like the the pressure of being the great white hope. You know, you've seen it. It's happened to him. He's come back from injury and he's not kicked on. Uh, injuries of that magnitude affect players' ability. Like that's going to happen. He's not kicked on. Then it was Harry Burns' chance to be the great white hope, and then he got a few injuries and is still only like twenty two. So. That hasn't happened, and suddenly the great white hope is out the path order. The last month, we've heard nothing but Frawley's the answer of 10. Frawley's the answer of 10. And then he had a bad game, and suddenly Twitter's gone, Frawley's not the great white hope at all. So, you know, maybe there's a third Harry Byrne brother that we could just like nail our colors to now. He's probably 16 or something. But uh, yeah, it's West. You put it so well. Like it's it's from that Murray. Murray is kind of getting to the end of his career, and he's been affected by injuries, and he's not gone back to it. And maybe he's also of a time, and he's not the same sort of scrum half the is effective right now but with you know someone the likes of uh joey carberry who is a great player or has the ability to be a great player but hasn't shown it because of the injuries i think the pressure needs to be off and maybe you know not coming in and playing the entire game against france until the last minute was the best way to do it and that's that's just the way that the irish team seems to work i i don't understand the rationale behind it and i don't think you'll ever get a straight answer of it uh but that's that's i'm i'm just gonna i'm just gonna put that i'm gonna put something out there if you want it, you can take it. If not, Sa- it's a safe right area, Westy. It's a safe area. There's a young lad. He's just been called into the Irish under 20s. And his first name is Harry. Oh, what's his last name? Yeah. Well, you may be familiar. It's a pretty famous family. Um, Harry West. Oh, wow. Oh, Great Harry battle, West. man. Huge. Just been called into the Ireland under 20s. I mean, Great Ride Hope. You've if, heard he's, here first. if he's good enough, he's old enough. That's all I'll I want to go. I want to go full. Irish media and say that his tears cure cancer. Yeah. Can I, uh, <laughs> Wesley, unfortunately, you're not going full Irish media there if you're saying that about a conic youngster. <laughs> uh, everyone knows you have to get to 200 caps before you're considered to be called up for injury cover. Uh, I'm just going to put out uh, Freddie Burns, just uh, recently won the Premiership. He's been stood down for England since 2014, is Irish qualified. Throw him in for a year and a half. Just, I mean, just get us imagine, over there. Imagine. Uh, Westy, maybe get on to Brian Driscoll and see if you can pay him to like tweet out that Harry West. Get him into the camp now. Do you know what I mean? That seems to work for other players. So, yeah, have, have throwing a nineteen-year-old into uh, into a New Zealand game, what could possibly go wrong? Oh yeah, <laughs> and if he's a bad game, he should never play for Ireland again. Okay, you tell Harry that. No pressure, but if you don't show up, you're out. Uh, we will touch on. By the way, I was I'm I'm poking fun at Joey Carberry and Conor Murray. It was an easy joke. The Munstars was there to be taken. I apologise. Uh, I will say this though, and this we can touch on Frawley. Seen a lot of tweets calling for Ben Healy. Stop it! It's not happening. He's not that level. Okay, he, he's got a big boot. That's it. Okay, I don't want to get into it anymore. He's not the guy. I apologise to Munster fans if any of them listen to this anymore. And I'm not picking on Munster, but Ben Healy isn't the guy. Stop calling for it. It's not happening. Not right now. But no, I not right think, now. Yeah. No, I wouldn't call him up now because what would happen is he would have an, a subpar game and everyone would call for his head and say he should never play for Ireland again. But he has the potential, as do plenty of other players, to get there and should be rewarded when they're on good league form instead of going when they played about two games this season. That's what I kind of think. But like, I don't think he's the answer now. I don't think there's any answer to like, 
calling someone up now, except for if Harry Byrne is just not capable of finishing out the rest of the tour, then you replace him with something, someone. Yeah. But that person is probably Billy Burns because he finished on good. Uh, he's played internationally and he finished the season on a good form. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I mean, Ben Healy, yeah, it's just it's nothing that we've seen so far would would lead me to be like, that's the guy we need. And that's all I'm saying. So stop, stop it. Um, but yeah, Frawley, the, he's been hung out to dry already. W- Westy, like, are, we're overreacting to this, but we there's no doubt that he still has the potential to come back and make this, as does, we poke fun of Harry Byrne, but um, obviously does have some talent. But we just, unfortunately, like all these things, they take time, right? Yeah, and I think especially in the case of Kieran Foy, like you can count the minutes he's played at ten this season on one hand. Like where not he has experience there, like it's very different coming up from even from under twenties to 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 to, to, to senior international rugby. It's a, it's a very different kettle of fish. You can't you can't expect someone to be thrown in in the deep end and, and expect to always you know swim to the top. Like it's it was a very tough game. It was a very physical, very fast paced game. Unfortunately. We did lose a battle in the forwards a little bit at the start, and he was pretty well targeted by a team that knew he was inexperienced. You saw even he was uh, off uh, off shooting out of the kicking for territory responsibilities to to Jimmy O'Brien, who you know I, I think blew a bit hot and cold. I mean, look at did we did we kick too much? Yeah, look, we probably did, but we kicked too much. We box kicked too much as well. Like we, we kicked away territory. We kicked to fantastic all black fullbacks in space and expected them not to make fools of us but these are decision making things that you learn from playing in that position and, and even if even if Farley was playing that position every second game for Leinster at 10 it's still a step up for international you can't again I said earlier you can't throw the baby out with the bat water you can't bin the whole system is he going to start against the All Blacks at 10 no but he probably never was even if we won this game it probably wasn't realistic unless somebody else had had to pull out he's he's there to get experience in that position and to see how he goes and like it's only a failure if we learn nothing and hopefully we, we, we have all learned something and himself included and the coaching staff. So what, yeah, if, he's, what, same, if, he's, you know, what if he scored a hundred points? I mean, that'd be pretty impressive. If there's some cartoon uh, sort of experience or some sort of cartoon scenario where like Joey Carberry and Sexton run into each other in training and both knock each other out on Friday <laughs> and has to step up. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that is why he's there, he's there in case, in case of, you know, break glass in case there's a there's an emergency, you know. But like it's same with everybody we, we've talked earlier. Like, like we, we we poke a bit of fun, and obviously we're a little bit biased. <coughs> Jack Carty, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Um, but it, it, you know when when push comes to shove, like we want what's best for these players. We want these players to be given a fair roll of the dice. And I, I don't think you can point at someone's first international cap in a position they don't play and be like, never again, lads. Drop them, send them home now. If it's only a failure if you pull them on a plane home tomorrow, then it's a failure. We also have to remember and appreciate that actually that New Zealand Maori team is full of studs and they played really well. Like, I think we are, you know, we've gone from giving it a bit of context, having a bit of negativity just about some of the situations that happened and how it didn't kind of get going. But I also think that you have to just like applaud how good that New Zealand Maori team was and how like, you know, not any of them at the moment are in contention for that All Blacks team for any of the tests, but there's some serious players there. Uh, like I saw you saw like Balen Sullivan coming on Ruben Love coming on TJ Parnara being a you know, Canes fan seeing them they were class like so, like Love tried that drop goal for no reason at the end it was ridiculous uh, and then Zaren Sullivan who is like 21 I think and he plays for Blues barely getting a game this season because they're so stacked and he was just unreal he was the best player on the pitch by a mile so you know and uh, Joshua Oney as well was class like they they were so good as well they they made it hard for Ireland to be good too yeah, a young TJ Paranara making his de- debut off the off the bench. 
that's pretty impressive um yeah. a big fan tj um all right boys i think we'll wrap it up there i think we've covered everything uh we're looking forward to this test on saturday we'll be back to recap that next week and yeah just everyone everyone just relax it's all good we're all good guys everyone relax till three o'clock this morning when one of the players that didn't have the best game ever is including the 23 and twitter just blows yeah, up yeah they're like oh my god uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that. But yeah, we'll be back next week to recap it all. Boys, good to have you back. Good to be back. Uh, and we'll chat you next week. Bye. Thanks, guys.